Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying our readings of popular Reddit posts. We love providing this service so that you can listen to these podcasts to pass the time, to fall asleep to, or to be entertained while still staying safe on your commute to work. We love to have the freedom to cover even more posts, but the recording and editing is time-consuming work and doesn't pay the bills. If you feel you're getting regular value out of these episodes, please consider supporting us with a small monthly donation. You can donate easily by visiting anchor.fm slash redditreaders and clicking on support this podcast. Every little bit helps, even if it's just enough to cover our morning cup of coffee. As always, thank you so much for listening. Hey everyone, today's post comes to you from r slash entitled parents, a subreddit where people post stories of moms or dads who think that because they have kids, they're entitled to everything. Spoiled kids, spoiled parents, we've got it all. So here's today's post. Entitled mother thinks she owns her daughter's dorm room and can control who comes in. I used to work as a desk assistant in a dorm room building for my university. Basically, my job was to help if a student locked their key inside or wanted to put a work order in. One day, I just sat down for the 8pm to 12am shift and I see a very pissed off middle-aged Karen approaching me. I knew it was family weekend and that's why she was probably in there, but I didn't know what would come next. Also, if anyone ever stayed in a dorm room, you know they are not at large, usually. Entitled mother. Can you help me? Can you help? Me. Maybe. What seems to be the issue? Entitled mother. Me and my husband are trying to sleep and our daughter's roommate is up and her roommate's boyfriend stopped by and left his shoes on the floor. I'm thinking, why the hell didn't you get a hotel? Anyway, well ma'am, half of the room belongs to her roommate. I can't stop them from being awake at 8pm. I can't even leave this desk. Entitled mother, well you need to get someone here right now that can fix this. Her roommate knew we were staying, so we need that room. Me. Her roommate has a right to be there and is under no obligation to leave. If anything, she is being nice by not complaining that you are taking up her space. Daughter enters the room crying. Daughter. Mom, stop and come outside right now. I told you you wouldn't like this and you didn't listen and now you're ruining this visit. They both go outside. Husband enters. Husband sighs. Please tell me I'm not the only one whose wife did this. Of course I am mutters about how they should have gotten the hotel and goes outside. In short, a mom thought she could kick her roommate out of the dorm room so she and her husband can use it as their personal hotel. I feel sorry for everyone but the mom. Actually, being in that room must have been hell, and I still wonder to this day where she wanted that guy to put his shoes other than the floor. I did my college orientation the week before school started and my roommate had it. It was also the week before Labor Day. So I was there a week before my college roommate and got all moved in. Then I went home, about two hours away, for the weekend so my roommate could move in. I was supposed to bring the TV and fridge to share and she was bringing the microwave and some other stuff. No problem. I put my stuff all up on my side and up to the middle of our shared space on the windowsill. I put out the fridge and TV in the middle where we could both use them. When I got back, the whole room was redecorated. They even rearranged my personal photographs on my desk. My roommate said my mom is really good at decorating, so she had me go shopping while she did the room. Excuse me? 
I'm extremely short and I only have one working arm, which I kind of mentioned but not really stressed. Some of my stuff was set up wearily because of this. She literally said to me, yeah, we didn't know why you'd want your laundry basket there, so we just put it on top of your closet. That place looked like a Pier 1, and smelled like one too, and my fridge and TV were shoved under my bed. It wasn't a good um, beginning, and it ended with her trying to kick me out of the room for sleeping in because she couldn't listen to her music, even though I told her she could play her music at any time because it wouldn't keep me up. Oh, and her also saying me staying up late at night in the room kept her up, but me staying up late outside of the room made her worry about me, and her mom said that wasn't fair and I should find a new roommate or go to bed at a decent hour. My RA told her, well, it sounds like you're the one with the problem, so maybe you should find a new place to live, and your mom doesn't make the rules here. I could tell so many stories with this chick too. She was totally comfortable with doing personal stuff in front of me right away. Changing her tampon, just standing there in the room. The bathroom was literally three doors down. Never wearing pants and my favorite. I walked into her one day naked, frog sitting, facing the door, tweezing her pubes. And she just kept going when she saw it was me. I could never have friends over because of what she was like. I didn't live in the dorms my freshman year because my parents' house was a five-minute walk from campus, but my sophomore year, I decided to move into the on-campus apartments because I was afraid my mom and I would absolutely kill each other. Honestly, I still think I should have stayed home and saved money or at least gotten an off-campus house. But I roomed with a few friends slash acquaintances from orchestra. The two I was more friends with were already set up to share a room, and the third was the one I'd share a room with. Everything was extremely last minute because their fourth had pulled out of the housing deal like a few days before that, and the deadline was already technically passed for signing up for housing, but they made an exception to let me sign. Well, it was a disaster. The girl I shared my room with was a disgusting, rude, loud mess. Here are some of the things that she did that made a terribly memorable experience. She was very overweight and sweat a lot in her sleep. So in the dead of a Minnesotan winter, she would turn off the heat because she got too warm and I literally didn't have enough blankets to stay warm. So after she fell asleep, I'd have to sneak out of bed and turn the heat on so I didn't freeze. And even though the heat was off, she sweat in her sleep still. And I would wake to our room smelling like salami slash other lunch meats. It was really gross. She was in a sorority and would sometimes cook big meals for their tabling events. But then she would leave me and my other roommate who actually bothered cleaning all the mess. She did dishes all the, all the three times the entire year we were there. My clean roommate and I tested to see how gross things would have to be for her to start cleaning. She left a mac and cheese pot on top of the stove with still some mac and cheese in it for three whole days before my other roommate broke down and cleaned it because she couldn't stand the mess. The messy roommate also created more dishes than all of us combined, but never cleaned. She was the type that would grab a mug for water, then put it in the sink, then grab another milk, mug for milk, then put it in the sink, then grab a third mug for coffee. You get my point. She really liked to party and would come back at 3am or so when I had to be at work at 7am, practically screaming and stumbling and crying because she was so drunk. One time she practically kicked the door to our room open and scared the shit out of me because I had been asleep. And she kept saying how she was going to throw up. Her big came into our room and basically had to wrestle her out and get her on the couch and put a garbage can in front of her. The roommate was crying the entire time. It was really loud and I had too much adrenaline pumping through me from the scare to get back to bed very well. 
she had a birth control alarm go off at 6 a.m. every day that she would snooze in five to 10 minute increments for a full hour before I had to get up. She did this for weeks until I told her she had to take it and turn it off or I would sit there and shake her until she took it so I could go back to bed. It happened twice before she got that I was serious and would keep doing it until she learned. She had terrible anxiety. Can't really fault her for that, but she didn't manage or really try to manage it at all. Definitely can fault her there. There were many times that I was trying to study or do homework and she would be freaking out and make me go calm her down until she felt better. It would usually take 30 plus minutes I didn't have. It just made me really frustrated because she also didn't take her meds consistently, consistently and refused to go to therapy or anything even though it was free and available service for us students. I basically spent most of my sophomore year at my friend's apartment because I hated being there so much. Zero out of 10 would not recommend. So that wraps up today's post. Talk about some crazy college dorm stories. I'll admit, I had a pretty loud roommate, which I thought was bad, but that was nothing compared to these stories. Did you have any off-the-wall dorm experiences? Did you have an entitled roommate? Did they have nightmare parents? Or was it your parents that thought you were entitled? We'd love to hear your thoughts and stories in the comments below. As always, if you liked the video, leave a like or comment below. It always helps us out a lot. And if you want to see more and hear more posts from r slash entitled parents and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone, today's post comes to you from r slash entitled parents, a subreddit where people post stories of moms or dads who think that because they have kids, they're entitled to everything. Today's post, how I was almost trapped in an arranged marriage. Sorry, this is so long. I promise none of it is boring. I grew up in a cult that believed, among other things, that women were the property of men and children were the property of parents. So as an unmarried daughter, I was basically a cherished slave. I ran the house, meal planned, cooked, and even homeschooled my youngest siblings, all while trying to homeschool myself through high school. Having grown up my whole life this way, I didn't even know the law would have been on my side if I had decided to defy my parents and move out when I turned 18. My parents constantly reminded me that until they gave me away to a husband, I was still their child and would obey them as the mouthpieces of God in my life. One day, my parents told me they had received a phone call from the parents of another family we knew. Their oldest son had noticed me and wanted permission to court me, so per protocol, the parents would talk to each other, then each talk to their kids and arrange the whole thing. My mom was beaming with pride, but I thought about it for a while and said I didn't want to do it. Mom's smile disappeared and she cried, what? Why? I gave her my reasons, very good ones, I thought, but my mom wasn't satisfied and told me I was not allowing God to work in my life and that I should just obey them and trust that God's will would be done. Being the good girl I was, I relented and said yes. Then followed a week or two of awkward family gatherings between our two houses because this version of courtship never allowed for the couple to be alone together. I tried to ease the tension by telling funny stories and encouraging other family members to talk, but only received stern rebukes from his mother, who very clearly did not approve of me. 
Once she said, we don't believe in practical jokes, so we are not impressed by that story. I mumbled that I was, wasn't trying to impress them, and they could talk about anything they wanted, but no one did. Another time, I was alone with his mom in the living room, and she stated, I only had two requirements on the girl he chose. One, that she came from a good family, and two, that she knew her Bible. And you have both of those, so I'm not going to say anything. I was confused at feeling so rejected when I didn't even want this in the first place. I mean, really, who was courting who? Then I got a job offer as the church receptionist, and my parents told me his parents had called them again and said they did not approve of women working outside the home and didn't want me to take the job. We believe the same way, except it was after the woman was a mother. Before she had kids, it was up to her father or husband whether or not she could work someplace else. This being a strange situation where my father allowed it, but the guy I was courting didn't, my parents told me to call him and get his permission too. I thought that phone call went well. He basically said he was not my husband yet and I should follow my own family's rules. He didn't mind and was okay with it, so I happily accepted the job. The next day, my parents told me his parents had called and canceled the whole relationship. It felt weird to get dumped without ever hearing from the guy dumping me, but it solved my problem, and I moved on a little confused and definitely not in the mood for anyone else to court me. Two years later, at 19, I still wasn't married, shocker, and his family thought that meant God was saving me for him. The whole scenario repeated itself, but this time, my dad insisted that the guy court him first so he could decide if he was even good enough for me before my heart got broken again. My dad told them until he made a decision one way or the other, he did not want any of them to contact me and tell me what was going on. The guy decided no contact couldn't possibly mean letters, so he wrote me a five-page apology for dumping me two years before and confessing that he had been falling in love with me and wanted to know if it was worth his time to even get to know my dad. My parents saw his name on the envelope and confiscated the letter before finally deciding it was too late and they explained the whole thing. I honestly was insulted that a guy I had barely seen in two years would say he loved me, but doubt if it was worth his time to follow my family's requirements to record me. Especially after the last time he tried it, his family made me feel like trash. We agreed to meet at a local restaurant and agree on the terms of the relationship and decide if we even wanted to try it again. I sat on one side of the table with my parents on either side of me. He sat on the other side with his parents on either side of him. It felt like we had lawyers. His dad immediately started yelling at my dad for denying his son and saying it was so obvious that I wanted this and he was holding me back. My dad is a quiet man and he sat there like an angry stone while this man yelled at his face in the middle of the restaurant. It got so heated and embarrassing, the guy who likes me excused himself to go to the bathroom to throw up. While he was gone, his dad also said if we didn't accept his son, there might never be another guy to come along and marry me. This made me laugh because I wasn't that desperate to just accept the first guy to ask just because I was scared no one else would. I didn't care if I ever got married or not, even though I didn't dare tell anyone else that. The evening ended with an agreement that we would pick up where we left off. We thought 
that meant more courtship. They thought they already did courtship, so now it was in agreement to get engaged. The mistake quickly revealed itself a few days later, when another guy friend I had, a new guy, emailed my dad himself and asked permission to court me. My dad told me I should tell the guy I was courting and ask him if I could stay friends with the guy who liked me, but who I had rejected. The guy came up with what I thought was a pretty good plan. My dad would tell him I was already courting someone else, and then I could introduce him to some of my other friends, and then maybe he would just leave on his own. I thought that was brilliant, and my dad spent the rest of the evening writing a tactful reply to the new guy. The guy I was courting was now aware that I had friends who were not female. Their family believed guys and girls could never be just friends, so I was essentially cheating on him with 20 other guys. He called me the next morning, six days after I agreed to this courtship, and asked my permission to ask my dad's permission to ask me to marry him. Basically the lamest over-the-phone proposal ever. He said he was in love with me, and we didn't have to get married right away, but that I would just be his and have a ring on my finger so no one could take me away from him. I told him I was flattered that he thought he loved me, and I wished I could say I loved him back, but I didn't. It had only been six days, and I hadn't even decided how I felt about him yet. His voice changed instantly, and he angrily snapped, asking if I was still talking to the guy who also liked me. I was shocked. I had never seen a side of him before. That's why it should take longer than six days to find a spouse, kids. I tried telling him that my dad had only just replied to his email, and I hadn't had a chance to introduce him to my friends yet. He said, that wasn't the plan. We agreed you wouldn't talk to him anymore. I shut him down and said, whoa. I'm only doing what you told me to do. We are not engaged yet. I talked to lots of guys, and it doesn't mean anything romantic. We're just friends. His voice quieted down, but still sounded bitter, and he said, Well, if you can't agree to not talk to any other boys and only talk to me, maybe we shouldn't call this courting right now. Maybe we shouldn't, I replied. We agreed that I would take a week to think about it and call him when I had made my decision. Marry him and forsake all the male friends I had known since I was five, or cut off the relationship for the second time. I told my parents what happened, and they tried to convince me to just do what he wanted, but I finally yelled at them for the first time in my life that I was not going to marry anyone I did not love. My dad was so angry. But my mom sent me to my room and said we could talk about it later. I had a week, after all. I was very sad. The only reason I was considering it was because my parents insisted it was God's will. And I really wanted to do what God said. But at the same time, this family seemed even more strict than my own. And I would also miss all of my old friends. There was just so much to think about. About an hour later, I got two calls from this guy's mother, which I let go to voicemail. I didn't want to talk to her right then. Next thing I know, my little brother came up holding the house phone saying it was the guy's mom and she demanded to talk to me. She scolded me for a long time, saying I had cheated on her son and that he had called off work this morning because he was so worried, sick over calling me and asking me to marry him. She all but called me a harlot because of the guys I was talking to, while I tried to tell her I was not in a relationship with any of them. Guy's mom, you cheated on him. You are in a relationship with every person you meet. Me, but not every relationship is a romantic one. 
guy's mom. Between guys and girls, yes. For example, my husband is my best friend and I would never talk to other men and neither would your mom. Me, oh yes, she would. She talks to other men all the time and she's friends with lots of people. Guy's mom, well, I am shocked. I honestly thought better of her than that. She then demanded to know why I needed seven days to pray about whether or not to marry her son. Guy's mom, God doesn't take that long to answer prayer. It sounds like you already know how you feel and you're just too scared to say it. It should take a day or two at the most. Me, look, your son agreed to let me have a week. If he can't do that, then the answer is no. Guy's mom, well, let's not be too hasty. I thought, who's being hasty? I wanted a week. She then told me she would go talk to her son and her husband and see what they wanted to do. I hung up the phone and threw it across the room. I had never been accused of anything like that before, and I curled up in a ball and cried. My mom heard me and came to see what was wrong. When I told her everything that horrible woman said to me, I stated firmly that I never wanted to see anyone from that family again. She called my dad up and he was angry for me being accused of being a harlot and with all these boys, but told me I was not allowed to make my decision until a week was up because that was what I had agreed to. I just silently told myself they could think all they wanted, but I knew my answer was no and it would still be no a week from now. He called the family back and told them none of them were to contact me in any way, shape or form for the whole week. And when I had made my decision, he would call them and let them know what it was. They were angry, but they never contacted me again. Almost two years later, I married the new guy who had emailed my dad, remember him? He was not a member of our cult and taught me how to think for myself. Our courtship looked a lot more like dating than anything else and made a lot of people upset, but we didn't care. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary and we have three sons. I feel like I was rescued. You are not wrong. This was not a boring read. Damn. Congratulations. Not many people find the courage to leave situations like these. What cult were you in? IBLP is the first thing they introduce newcomers to. It stands for Institute and Basic Life Principles. A lot of what they teach sounds great and hooks people who don't think it through all the way. ATI is the next step and stands for Advanced Training Institute. That's where the basic principles get stretched into la la land. I'm guessing you have moved on from this cult since then? How is your relationship with your family today? It's difficult. I'm no contact with my mom, but my dad is amazing. Hopefully you can improve your relationship with your family in the future. That's good to hear that your dad is still on good terms with you. Hey, if you don't mind me asking, what was it like living in a cult? Suffocating, embarrassing, Everywhere we went, we were a freak show. Sorry if I brought back painful memories asking, but that seems like a terrible way to live. Hope you're doing much better. Oh, you're fine. It's good to tell the story to such supportive people. I'm doing much better now and learning how to be normal. This is wild. It blows my mind how so many people think that guys and girls can't be friends without it being sexual in some way. I'm a girl and my best friend in the entire world is a guy and there is nothing sexual about it never has been. Anyway, I'm so glad that you're in a better place now with someone who really cares about you. Thanks for sharing your story. It's because those people can't comprehend restraint. 
They know that without the threat of extreme consequences, they would be dry humping anything with legs, including the kitchen tables. They can't fathom that, that other people might not be as obsessed with sex as they are. Do you still have contact with your family after all the horrible things? It's been difficult. My family eventually came out of the cult too, but my mom showed her true colors as a plain old abusive narcissist. So after many years of excusing her behavior, I had to go no contact. She actually left the whole family a few years ago, and my dad finally found someone who will be a good mother to my siblings. I like her a lot. I'm glad for you. One more question. What about the guy with the terrible family that wanted to marry you? Where is he now? He got married a few years ago and still lives down there near where I grew up. He wrote a book about me, but it didn't do very well. A book? What was it called? The Woman Who Refused to Be My Personal Sex Slave? An Autobiography by a Creep? <laughs> An Autobiography by a Creep. That's so good. So that wraps up today's post. Oh my gosh, what a crazy story. We would love to hear if you have any experiences with cults or arranged marriages. What were the outcomes? Does anyone have any positive arranged marriages stories that worked out? We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments down below. As always, if you liked the video, leave a like or comment below. It helps us out a lot. And if you want to see more and hear more posts from r slash entitled parents and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. If you made it this far, we'll be wrapping up each Entitled Parents post with a bonus video of our own little entitled daughter. Enjoy. Mm -hmm.